Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. Today's guest is Natalie Zeisse. She is a diet and binge recovery coach. And even though we recorded this episode several months ago, I feel like the timing could not be more perfect as we are all trapped in our homes with our food and our thoughts about our bodies and working out and body image and our trauma around food. And she just is so enlightened on the subject and she just puts such vocabulary and verbiage to the feelings that I've been having and that I can imagine some of you guys have been having um, and just didn't know that there's like a whole world around it Um, and that maybe it's something that we can look at a little bit more. There's a lot of really great information um, just about how we get so crazy around food, um, how we need to get more honest with our own experience on why why we feel the need to diet um, and how we can really impact so many other areas of our life by opening up and clearing up the issues surrounding our relationship with food. So I hope you enjoy the conversation and I will tag her in the show notes. I'll see you guys on the other side. Hi friends, welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I am so excited to have another internet friend here today with us (laughs) on the podcast. Um, Natalie, will you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Uh, Yeah, I'm Natalie. I'm born and raised New Yorker, but now I live in many different places, sort of. And I am a binge and diet recovery coach. Awesome. Sometimes I will tell a little bit about like how we actually met, but I actually have really no idea how I started following you. I don't either. I just remember getting like the sweetest, warmest uh, DMs from you and being like, this girl is so awesome. And, and just <laughs> going from there. I am super sweet in DM, but like also just like <laughs> generally like very sweet. <laughs> I find that yes. it like garners the response I'm looking for. Sweet <laughs> <laughs> With a little bit of, um, you know, intention behind it. Right, exactly. Yes, I have an agenda. One day I'll have a podcast. That was a long time ago, though. I have been following your journey for, like, quite some time. Um, So I am, Natalie and I were actually just talking about this very briefly. I've been doing keto now for 22 days, um, but I normally, like, don't really do diets, and I have been very much like, I cut sugar, processed sugar and gluten um, back in July, just, like, mostly because it made my like stomach start to feel better. Like I was living in Italy last year for three months. And when I came home, suddenly like our gluten here was messing with my stomach, like our wheat products here versus like I could eat whatever I wanted in Italy. So I was like totally free, Mm -hmm. I felt. So I kind of ate whatever I wanted all summer, but I was like working out a lot. So I wasn't super, um, I didn't really like care. Like I was like doing whatever I wanted and it was really wonderful. Um, But then when I realized how crappy I was feeling 
I was also like drinking, um, like a, yeah, not that much actually. I really like wasn't drinking that much, but I was like eating kind of crappy and I had a wedding and like a bachelorette party. So I was like, whatever, I'm, I'm going to like cut gluten. Cause I've known in the past, like carbs have like, you know, been an easy thing for me to cut and like an easy way to like lose weight. Um, but I really like don't do diets and I've been very much on this food freedom kick for like at least three years. And so even with the like cutting gluten and cutting sugar, um, like back in July, August, I was still like, okay, but I will in August, I'm going to have sugar and gluten and whatever I want, um, at this bachelorette party and this, um, bridal shower and this other like random Saturday so that I don't feel like too restricted. And it's awful. I am starving right now. Like I've been on keto for 22 days and I would say about the first three days were awful. And then I had like two weeks of like pretty good. And now this last week I'm fucking starving. We're having like keto dessert. (laughs) So I'm having dessert every night. I like have the sweet tooth. Um, and I, I feel mostly better, but I'm like fucking starving. So that isn't even like what I had planned to talk to you about at all, but that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> on Got my it. keto journey, like as of yesterday and today, I'm like, I'm fucking starving. Um, I think my meals are big enough, but it's a lot of like intermittent fasting. And it's, it's a whole lot of, I, I think it's the fasting too that I'm like super not used to. I also feel yeah. dehydrated. Okay, so <laughs> what are, what what's going on? <laughs> I guess, like, my number one question is, you know, why are you hungry? Because because I understand that keto is, um, you know, it's a, it's a it's basically a ratio diet, right? Like how many how how many carbs versus fat, you know, versus protein to eat, and and the number of carbs a day to kind of stay under. But there's no like, um, I from what I understand, there's no amount of food, you know within it. So it makes sense that you mentioned intermittent fasting. Cause then I was like, Oh, okay. So there's where I start to understand, you know, your hunger. And also first and foremost, what is your goal, right? Like what, what's your motivation behind doing keto and intermittent fasting? I am doing keto in solidarity with my boyfriend because he wants to cut weight for like a suit fitting next month and then for like the wedding and the bachelor party and all of that so i'm like yeah i like eating healthy i guess like i don't necessarily have to be doing keto but it's like fun it's like a fun challenge okay (laughs) okay so if it's fun then is there anything wrong like is there anything that i need that you like to fix of like my body or my diet no I mean like if if you're doing it because it's fun right yeah um then then okay right like what what do you basically what I'm asking is what what do you need from me or from anyone any you know if you're if you're having fun then do you need what needs to be fixed like like I guess I'm like are you asking my advice on something like and if so what is the advice that you're needing tricky yeah um no (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm just talking about it because it's like a hard diet so I I guess like I guess I don't know do people know about keto like should we talk about keto I think a lot of people know about keto okay okay, so the reason why I'm the reason why I asked you that and what I'm getting at is that 
you know, I'm not here to fix something that's not broken. Right. Yeah. So if people come to me and they're like, I don't know what to do. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm eating this way, but like, I read an article that said I shouldn't be eating this way. And you know, or this doctor said this, but like, I feel good. So what should I do? And it's like, well, if you feel good, then, you know, basically the question is, do you really feel good? Right. So, you know, you're saying like, I did this for fun, but, but you're also telling me you're starving. Is that fun? No, when I'm starving, it's not fun. And I am not me when I'm hungry. Okay. So, so part of any kind of process of healing or coaching or transformation is getting really honest with yourself about what's happening. Right. So I, when I started my journey with, um, recovering from binge and, and diet cycling, um, for the first time I had to get really honest with myself about my relationship to food and my body, which I had been in denial about for a really long time. I thought, Oh, it's like normal. I'm not throwing up and I'm not anorexic. So I don't have an eating disorder and I don't like absolutely despise my body. So like, you know, it's fine. Right. But when I got really honest with myself about how I was feeling on a day-to-day basis, waking up, instantly checking my stomach or my arms, looking in the mirror, deciding how I felt about myself based on that, um, constantly deciding I was going to go on a whole 30 or a diet or try keto and then reacting to that and binge eating or overeating or whatever it was. Um, that was my life on a daily basis. And I think I was so embarrassed about the fact that it was that for so long and so many years that in order to accept that, I would have to accept that I was really unhappy for many years. And it took me a while to realize that that was actually the case. So I, uh, I just invite everyone out there who is going through any kind of relationship to food or body stuff to really dive in and be honest with yourself. Maybe do a journal, do a free write. How is my relationship with myself right now? How is my relationship with food? How do I really feel about my body, right? Because we can't really change anything until we look it in the face, until we accept and acknowledge and really, really, you know, admit to ourselves what's going on. Um, So that's the first step that I would sort of ask you is like, what's really going on here? You mentioned that you're starving. You're mentioning that there's intermittent fasting going on, that you know, you're missing out on certain things in life. Um, you know, so, so having an end goal, like besides, you know, wanting to be a supportive partner, which I totally get, which is something you can do without joining him on keto, by the way. Um, it's sort of like, what, what is this giving you? What, like, what out of life is this giving you and what is it taking away? And how can you weigh those two things, right? Against each other and say like, okay, like, I enjoy, and what part of it, when you say it's fun, like what part of it was fun and can you recreate the fun part of it without the strictness and the starving and the parts of it that are actually divorcing you from your own body signals, from your own intuition around food and from parts of your life that it sounds like you're sort of missing and craving. So as a coach, that's sort of where I would start is uh, what's, what's the reality of the situation? What are you actually enjoying about it? And what parts of it are not fulfilling and may actually, in fact, be a little bit detrimental to your health? I mean, starving is an intense word, right? Hungry, you know, wanting, you know, feeling a little, feeling a little. I'm going to shrug some water as you say this, <laughs> yeah, like, realizing I'm very thirsty also. Yeah. Yeah. Starving. So I would definitely. Yeah. 
you know, ask a couple more questions to get to the bottom of what this experience is or isn't giving you. Well, thank you so much for opening up so many things there, Natalie, and also bringing me back because I had already gotten distracted with where the conversation was going. <laughs> so I appreciate you fully. Um, all of that was all of my explanation prior to your response. Thank God for you and your response um, was to just kind of say like why I was following you because I had yo-yoed between whole thirties and never keto, but like various detoxes and things like that. And it never felt good. And a few years ago when I started to become interested in food freedom was when I found your account and I was like, Oh my God, I love this. And so it really had become mostly my lifestyle was food freedom. Um, and then when I, for a couple of years now, and then when I got back from Italy this past summer, I was in Italy from uh, February, March, April, um, and I got home for the summer to New York, and I wasn't walking anymore because I wasn't in Europe. And I wasn't just like being active. So suddenly my food freedom that I had we, I had further developed <laughs> in Italy. I came home to New York and the competitive nature that is this state and this country. And I was like, oh my God, look how hot everybody is. Like I better start like hustling to like feel better about myself. Um, and so I had to really very intentionally um, make, you know, feeling good about myself more mm -hmm. important than feeling like I'm working out five or six days a week as hard as I possibly can and starving myself. Like it was very right. normal for me to just fall back into that. And so now, um, he and I have actually talked so much about like what we're going to do after December 21st for this suit fitting <laughs> and like how we'll like implement the fun of keto, which is fun. Like the cooking together and the thinking about meals and the, you know, food shopping together, all of those things are fun. But the intermittent fasting, this, you know, 12 to 16 hours to, you know, 20 hours of not eating, I'm like, I'm gonna die fucking surviving yeah. green tea and water, like black yeah, coffee. So yeah, it's real bad. What you're really <laughs> loving about the, the aspect of keto has nothing to do with keto. Yeah. So I loved your coaching. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, so th that was what I was going to say. I'm sorry. So I'd love to just delve into this, but I think it's clear that you know what you're talking about and I don't. And so that's why I have you here. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm so excited. Like you just sold me big time. I'm like, look at all those amazing questions. Like all things that I'm like, uh, as I've been on this journey for now a year and a half, I am, you know, remembering every time something comes back for me, I re-remember re it. It's like, oh yeah, I've learned this lesson 400 times and I have yeah. to re-remember it. Um, so it's so important for me to have somebody, you know, to, to talk to and to engage in this conversation or to see on my Instagram feed and to DM them and to have a conversation with them about how, oh my God, I'm not alone. And thank you for reminding me this. Thank you for pointing this out to me again. Mm. But like, what you said about admitting it to yourself, there's so many people that just don't even admit that this is a problem. You know, they're yeah. not keeping that, that journal of their feelings towards themselves, towards their body. You know, what are they getting out of the experiences that they're doing and not doing and, and really just being honest with themselves. And so like, really thank you for like, being a leader in this charge because this is a real fucking problem. And I know I'm not the only one. I'm just, you know, 
Uh, and that's so much of like what my fear was about starting the podcast was like, there are so many people talking about this stuff already. They don't need me. Nobody needs me to talk about this. But like, same as you, same as anybody else in any niche, like you there aren't that many people talking about it. That's why there are people to sell this to. And like, even if it's not a sales pitch, even if it's just like, hey, we got to talk about this. Like, let's grow together. Like as a general, like let's be the next generation that like makes a difference for like future people. Like we don't all have to suffer every day, like alone. So I just, I've totally. loved, I've just loved watching, you know, everything that you're like creating uh, for women and for everybody. This is like such a serious, serious thing. Thank you. It's been a, a really fun journey because not only do I get to, you know, live and breathe my freedom every day, and I really do appreciate it every single day because food is such a huge part of our lives, whether we like it or not, and hopefully we like it, right? But if you don't right. like it, there's something deep to uncover there. Um, and for so many years, up until I was like 27, I had a really difficult relationship with food. And so to get to, I'm 29 now for the last two years, I've been living in recovery. And I would say for the last year and a half, it's just been like a lot of bliss and I get to travel. I get to go to weddings. I get to go on dates and feel really comfortable and relaxed in my body around food, whether that's bundled up in, you know, sweaters and jackets or on the beach in a bikini, you know, whatever it is, I get to enjoy it and relax and experience my life in, uh, in that sense of true experience, not in self-consciousness, which I lived in so long. So I get to do that. And then I get to pass on the work and watch other women have these breakthroughs. And I, I actually was talking about it on my Instagram last night. I just can't even believe that I get to live and breathe this life because it feels like the ultimate creation of something that is impactful. Like I've created my breakup with binging program, six module curriculum. Everyone I work with goes through it, whether you're a group program client or a private client, um, because it works and it works really fast. So I've been loving getting to watch the women in my breakup with binging, which is a six week program. After three weeks, the relationship to food is completely different than it was three weeks ago. And I'm just, I'm just in awe of them. Like, I feel so lucky that they found me, that they trusted me with this work. And then I got to kind of get to shepherd them through it. And then they feel so lucky that, you know, same thing, that they found me, that they committed to themselves, that they invested in themselves. And for a lot of them, speaking about fear and the edge of fear, for a lot of them, it was really, really scary, which I get. It's a big investment of time, of energy, of financial finances. So to take that leap, and especially if you've worked with nutritionists, RDs, health coaches, intuitive eating coaches, doctors in the past, and, you know, been on diets for years and tried so many different ones in the past, it can be hard to trust again and to try yet again something new and to see them be able to overcome that fear. And not everyone does, right? Depending right. on, you know, it, it, probably half the women that I speak to um, end up committing to do this work and half the women don't for whatever reason or another, oftentimes it's fear related. Um, so to see them step through that door of fear and come out the other side and say, this is like the number one thing that I'm grateful for is just, it's, it's an honor for me. And it's, uh, it's very energizing and it's very exciting. So I love getting to do this work. I love that it resonates with you. And unfortunately, binge eating is the number one eating disorder in the U S. So uh, I definitely feel this, this is needed. And I have a lot of 
uh, health coaches, like new up and coming health coaches come to me and ask me about becoming, you know, doing more diet and binge recovery work. And I'm like, please, 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 please. I wish I could clone myself a hundred times over and help so many more women than I can because it is rampant. It's an epidemic. Um, and you know, we can, there's a lot of reasons why, but the important thing is that it's hopefully we're going to grow this field of diet and binge recovery work, because I think forget the keto, forget the nutrition, forget all the, the, even like functional and integrative medicine. If you don't have a good relationship with food and your body, that is where dis-ease begins and is recreated every single day. And so I used to do nutrition work. I used to do functional nutrition work. I was getting my master's in nutrition. And I saw that without working on the deeper, deeper connections to food and body, no nutrition aspect was going to be helpful or was even going to stick long-term. And so what I found is by teaching women to heal their diet trauma, heal their body trauma, body image trauma, and become intuitive eaters, they have such a beautiful grasp on what food is nourishing for them and what might not be. And nourishing includes emotional nourishment as well, right? Like we are, our emotions, our thoughts are, are physical. They become physical chemistry inside of our body. So the fact that, you know, just to use it as an example, like stressing about keto creates disease in the body, creates stress chemistry, creates inflammation, right? So having an easy emotional, you know, positive emotional relationship with food is actually wonderful for our health. And that for everyone includes different things. For me, it includes chocolate chip cookies, pasta, pizza, whatever it is, right? And my body is, our bodies are the most wise laboratories um, that we could ever pay for, you know, to have these, these, all these testings being done with allergens and sensitivities and our gut is changing every single day. And so if you can learn to tap into your intuition, you can become your own best guide in, in you know, of course, if you have an acute issue that you were born with, or you have celiac or something like that, um, that's, a, that's an exception, right? But for the most part, we actually all have a really good sense of what feels good for us and how much and when, you know, we're born with that intuition. And so a lot of what I teach is helping women tap back into that really beautiful divine intuition that we all have. And that is longevity. That is a diet, a way of living that there is no wagon to fall off of. It's just you all the time, whether you're on vacation, whether you have a wedding coming up, whether you're at the beach, whether you're in snow, whether, you know, it's stressful week or an easy week or whatever. So that's definitely what I'm most grateful for in my life is my intuition around food, which obviously once you cultivate that intuition, it stretches far beyond food. And now it's my intuition that I turn to for everything, but it's a feeling of safety and security inside of yourself that is so much better than worrying so much about every day. If you're doing the right thing, if you're making the right choice around food, reading this article, reading that article, turning to this person for advice and that person for advice. And it's like, they don't know you. They don't know what time you woke up this morning and how many steps you took today and how much water you drank and what stresses are going on and whatever, right? You only know, your body knows you better than anyone. So it's really fun to get to live and breathe my intuition every day and get to teach other women to tap into theirs because 
it releases so much stress when you're not worried about making the right or wrong decision every single time you're in front of food, because we all know that happens so many times a day. Compound that by weeks, months, years. It is an incredible domino effect. Wow. Oh my God, Natalie. Um, like so many things, just, I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you right now because I was so struggling with this. Like, why am I stressed about this? Like when we started, I was like, I could lose like a pound. Like I'm perfectly fine with where I'm at right now. And then I started this and I'm like a goddamn crazy person. Like, no, I can't eat that. I can only like, I can eat like charcuterie fucking plates, but I can't eat like certain things. I'm like, what is this garbage? I can't eat fruit, but I can eat fucking, I want a goddamn apple. Like, and my body and knows. that's ridiculous. I mean, any diet that's going to make you feel badly about eating food from the earth, like that is creating, I mean, it sounds like intense, but like that's creating an eating disorder. That is creating disordered eating. No, right? it is. It is. Your food. Like, right. And so, <laughs> but I'm like so grateful for this conversation with you because of your clear gratitude for this work. Like, and that is what like makes you so wonderful and so good at this is because like you trust and believe in this. And, and, and that's where I felt like, I, that is where I have felt on this journey the same way, like that if you don't do the deeper work around the food, if you don't do the deeper work around the emotions, if you don't do it, the deeper work around what the fucking trauma was, early on, then you're never really healed. You're always just constantly working and maintaining and exactly. just, just exactly. working to maintain your baseline. No, life should be fucking easier than that. How are you going to, how do you have time for like finding passions and finding love and like finding things to be curious about if you're constantly yeah, under depression. this thumb? Yeah. I mean, it, it leads really, really clearly back to oppression, right? Like keep women worried about how they look and how much they weigh and keep them buying, you know, the amount of money. I have three brothers and they're always like, what are you spending money on? And I'm like, I'm sorry, do you, do you have to wear makeup every day and do you have to do stuff to your hair and do you feel pressure to wear a bag of this kind and shoes of this kind and right and like I I deal with that I grapple with that all the time and I'm trying to find my own uh, my amazing friend Blair Lindsay runs a course called intuitive beauty that I did a couple months ago which was oh my so, god so wonderful and she teaches you how to find your own basically the way I do with food and body she does with this idea of beauty which you have I have to send me her Instagram. Wonderful. I will. I'm doing like a major promo for her right now because I believe in her stuff. She's actually a guest teacher in my group because I love oh. her stuff so much. Oh, amazing. One that of sounds my wonderful. Um, and yeah, so there, this all leads back into our self-worth, our feelings of, of beauty and acceptance and love in this world. Right. And so there's, you know, you can really dive into the history of women feeling like they have to look a certain way and be a certain size. And decades ago, this wasn't the case, right? You look at the, the icons of the past with Marilyn Monroe and, you know, women who had really beautiful, fuller figured bodies. And don't get me wrong. I appreciate every type of body. Like I appreciate the Kendall Jenner thin, you know, tall and I appreciate the Ashley Graham full figured. I don't think that we should be thin shaming or fat shaming. I think we should be majorly celebrating and including all kinds of beauty in our way of life. And I think we're starting to more and more. Um, 
but yeah, so at the end of the day, why I ask is like, you know, why I ask you, what's your, what's your why behind keto? That's really the most important question, right? What's your why behind wanting to control your food and to potentially lose weight? Because that's where we need to, you know, maybe reevaluate, is this actually important? And more importantly, is this actually attainable, right? So, so many women feel that they can reach this level of confidence and ease and relaxation once they, keywords, as soon as, once I get to this weight, lose this amount of weight, look this way, right? And it's a trap. It's an ego trap that we think we can get to this place that's a stable place. And once we reach it, we're safe. Unfortunately, that's just not how it works, right? The, the science is in behind dieting and weight loss, which is that trying to control your weight, manipulate your weight through food and diet does not work. It's 99% ineffective. And in fact, it's a precursor to weight gain. So any doctors out there who are prescribing weight loss or dieting, it's basically as if they gave you a pill and said, this has a 99% failure rate. And by the way, an entire host of side effects, right? Like dieting comes with some pretty shitty side effects that we don't acknowledge enough, right? Feeling crazy around food, feeling weak, starving, losing your period, losing your hair, fucking up your hormones, infertility, um, life co-opting, right? Like it sort of takes over your whole entire life. Right. So I just like for women to get really honest about their actual experience with dieting, right? And to get honest about what's the why so that we can actually fulfill that why, right? If your desire behind losing weight is to feel comfortable in your skin, to feel confident, to feel beautiful, to feel relaxed, let's focus on that. Let's bring that into your life. Do we need to do it by dieting? And more importantly, can we do it by dieting? No. So, you know, long term, right? Crash dieting, right. we've all done. Losing, losing pounds a couple of months, maybe even a year, you know, stretching that, you know, a couple of years sometimes, right? Long term, what we see is within three years, you gain the weight back plus some. So the question first is, can, is this even possible? And what we found is no for 99% of people. And the second part is, okay, what do you really want? And how can we give that to you right now? How can we cre- bring that into your reality right now? And so that's why my work is not just about food. It's about body. We do a lot of body image work. We do a lot of life coaching work through the lens of food and body. Um, and that's also why it's so much fun and why I think I will never get bored of this is because it's so holistic. It's so all-encompassing. We talk about your relationship to your partner to your children to your work to your parents huge one um everything (laughs) right your relationship to food to money to happiness to pleasure to stress to anxiety to everything and and to that effect everything improves when one of those things improves everything improves versus dieting which actually starts to dismantle your happiness and your relationship to a lot of things right? You don't want to go to a party, your friend's party, because you're worried about what you're going to eat. Um, you're worried about what you're going to wear. You're, you know, there's fear behind everything with dieting. With the work I do, you actually get to feel more relaxed. You get to have more fun. You get to be happier. So it's really, really wonderful because it's not just about food. It's really about the way you are being in your life. Oh man. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is. It's, it's the deepest shit that you can do is like 
ask yourself what the fuck is really going on and and then address what actually comes up for you but you have to give yourself an opportunity it doesn't just fucking come up out of nowhere like if you're not doing some introspection like it's not going to come up for you because you're not facing it like it it has to be intentional um and it's just so normal for us to all have like these fucked up relationships with food that no one even talks about it people don't even see it as a problem and yeah it's so normalized for sure and my family like eating <laughs> is like we're like a big jewish family it's like what do you mean you're not gonna like eat till you're sick at dinner like right part of the culture so i always felt I would, I would never consider myself to have an eating disorder, which it doesn't really matter what you label it. It really doesn't, right? What matters is, are you happy? And are you free? And are you feeling good about yourself? Because when you aren't, it really affects everything, everything. Like I get letters from parent, from people, my clients, partners, husbands, wives, whatever, um, telling me how much it's changed their relationship with that person, mm-hmm. right? Like she didn't want to be intimate. She was very t- like stressed and, and kind of like uptight. There was like, there's just such a big shift that happens. You open up, you relax, you tap into a whole new level of pleasure and joy and happiness when you heal this, because it's, it's usually such a deep rooted trauma of not feeling enough, not feeling loved. And the other thing is I'm making it sound super intense and to some level it is, but it's not like ridiculous. People aren't like, you know, a lot of women were nervous about starting uh, the, the group this time because of what would be uncovered. And what they found was it's actually a lot easier to uncover it and work through it than it is to stay in that trauma and live that trauma every single day. So it's not as like dark and intense as I'm describing, but it definitely um, it definitely affects a lot. And so having more energy is a big thing that I hear sleeping better, obviously feeling more in control around food, obviously feeling better in your body. Um, whatever, you know, almost all the women in this round had something coming up that they were nervous about a girl's weekend, a birthday, a wedding, about mitzvah, you know, christening, whatever. And to get to see them go through that and actually have a completely different experience than they did the last time they were with their family or had an event um, has been so fun because that's really what it's about. It's about changing your life. It's that's like, you know, that's the why behind the keto, right? It's like, I want to feel, I want to have a better experience of life. And so my goal with every single client is just how can we get you to have a better experience of life on a day-to-day basis and make that long term. Right. You know, it's all, it's a lot of mindset work. It's a lot of mindset work. It's a lot of emotional trauma release work. Um, but it's not a lot of work. I always say like, if once you kind of like, okay, so you're in this new relationship, right. And it just clicked, right. You guys, it, it like, it made sense. You felt, you know, you fell and it felt like this, the energies were supporting each other and you just knew. Right. Right. And so that's kind of what this work is like, because dieting is so not that I feel like dieting is like dating the wrong guy over and over again. And you're like, (laughs) I don't feel like I can be myself. I feel like I have to constantly be on watch and try and manipulate something. And it's just like fear-based, just like a bad relationship where you don't feel loved and supported and held. And as soon as you start doing this work, it's like you met your soulmate and you're like back in love with yourself and it feels easy and right. And so I find that the transformation can happen a lot faster because of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's I, I really liked the drama that you were using to talk about it. You're, you're saying like now, like it's not that dark, it's not that much work, but like it's <laughs> it it is, but it isn't. And what you said about um like people are so afraid to uncover it, they don't want to uproot something, but it it's so much harder to just live in that fear of so what if I uncover this? What if we can't talk about that thing? Like, no, you have to fucking talk about it. I promise you. It's just better. Like uproot it, start uncovering it. And then it's just there in the room with you and you have to get through it. Just like everything else, you get through it. And by leaving it undercover, by leaving it underground, by leaving it in the closet, not talking about it, it just wears on you physically, mm -hmm. emotionally. It brings that energy down. No wonder these women don't want to get intimate. No wonder these women, you know, don't feel themselves. They're, you know, struggling at work and with their partner and with their family. It's like, we all do this to ourselves and we are so afraid of taking on this new challenge that we would rather live in the, the hell like that we now. know. Yeah. <laughs> so all fear-based. Um, and I just kept thinking of like, you know, over the summer um, and like over the summer when I like had first started the podcast, I was like, just so not in my head. I was like, I have vision and ins I'm inspired and everything I say is important. And like, I have to write this down. And it was so beautiful. Cause I was like, look at me go. Like, and I felt so beautiful. And I was like giving off this energy literally where people were like, what are you on? Like, I need some of that. Like, just like, like be around me. I need your positivity. And it was so fucking magical. And you only feel that when you're speaking your truth. You only feel that when you oh are gosh. free. Like you don't feel beautiful. So true. You don't feel beautiful when you're not like living your truth. And yeah. feeling beautiful is so much more visibly beautiful than looking beautiful. Yeah. People feel that energy of you, of you not being stressed, of you feeling free and feeling your authentic self and having good relationships with those around you and things around you because you are communicating about it and and through it and experiencing and and oh god there's so many parallels between your work and like what I'm like trying to like share with people so I'm just like super into this right now I'm so excited <laughs> yeah and really I love what you said about like the feeling of beauty because first of all I used to have really bad social anxiety um no one that I knew would probably tell you that it's probably a shock to hear because I covered it really well, but I did. I used to have really bad social anxiety and now I have none. Like you could put me in a room with anyone, anything like I, I bump into people on the street and like from my child, like whatever. I just, I'm so comfortable in my own skin because I feel so connected to myself and it's a hundred percent because of this work. Um, and the cool thing that I actually learned from Blair, uh, who I was mentioning earlier about the intuitive beauty work. So we are equal parts matter and wave. Like we are matter, you know, hard, you know, actual thing. And then we're also the same amount, equal parts, wave and vibration. So when you tap into the frequency, the energy of beauty, of joy, of relaxation, people feel that. And you do become magnetic and attractive because of that, no matter what. So that's been a really fun thing to play around with doing work on that. Um, and yeah, I find that, you know, that, that comes naturally when you tap into your own intuition more and more because you just fall in love with yourself. 
And I always tell my clients, like, talk to yourself like you are your best friend because you are only with, you're with yourself and only you from the time you're born to the time you die. So if you can't treat yourself with love and respect and your inner voice is constantly beating yourself up and calling you an idiot and calling, you know, telling you you have no self-control and, oh my goodness, like, I can't even look at you. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm so ashamed, which are totally things that used to be my inner dialogue. Um, of course, you're going to have low vibes and you're going to feel really shitty about yourself, right? But if you look in the mirror, you go to sleep at night and you think to yourself, sweetheart, thank you so much for taking care of me today, for carrying me, for allowing me to see and smell and hear and touch and, and be alive. And you're trying your best and I'm so proud of you. And we're in this together. I mean, what a different experience of life that is from you stupid effing idiot. I can't believe you ate that other cookie. You knew you didn't want to do it. What are you doing? Like, you know, you can't hate yourself into a body that you love. You can't hate yourself into a life that you love. It has to start with love and compassion. And if you're feeling stuck and you're feeling like you can't tap into love and compassion, well, that's where this work begins, right? Why? What is going on? What are the blocks? Who taught you how to treat yourself this way and that it was a good idea and that it was going to get you somewhere? And how can we start to unravel that and heal that? Because at the core of all of this is loving yourself. And it sounds so woo-woo, it sounds so mushy and all of that, but it's true. I mean, if you can sit in a room with yourself and feel like I love myself, no matter what, no matter what I look like, no matter what's going on, no matter how much money I make, no matter, you know, how many calls I get every day, whatever it is, you can feel that love. Like life is good. You feel good. So at the core of all of this is how can you love yourself better? And what are the blocks to that? And can we work through it? Oh, I just have chills. I, I don't think you've said a single thing today that I wasn't like, boom, shot, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just, I, I love all of that. Just treat yourself like your own best friend. You know, you can't hate yourself into a life that you love. And it, we've just been so conditioned our entire lives that you can that the competition is is a positive thing that the you know pushing each other in these negative ways is a positive thing like that who does that work for like five percent of people like that does not fucking work for everybody and if it hasn't been working for you and just because you have a successful job or a successful marriage or any one thing like i promise you when you like are fulfilled and are free and are feeling authentic and beautiful and loved and love yourself, everything else starts to be better, every single thing. And something that I think that you have shown so clearly, and maybe it's in my brain a little bit, is um, these like um, uh, gratitude. I mean, first of all, gratitude. You are like so grateful for the work and for everything. Um, and it just, I, I forget when, what you said that just resonated with me and you were saying it was when, it was when you were talking about, um, you come home and your body is like narrating to you, like, thank you for carrying me all day. And like, thank you for, you know, nourishing yourself. And you're like speaking to your body as your body. Mm. And it just like gives you this like sense of gratitude. And there's something about this work and like being present 
that and like uncovering the deeper stuff and being present with your experience that just gives you a greater sense of gratitude and I think also like all part of like the vibration and like this holistic approach that like when you're speaking kindly to yourself and others like there is a greater sense of gratitude there is this like greater energy this greater vibration like just across the board and like within and throughout everybody and in all of your relationships and suddenly everything does start to like fall into place and it's it's like magic and I always say it but like magic is real like it's truly magic like when you do the uncovering the dark work that like is so dreaded like no we can't talk about that thing like it will be worse if we talk about it. no it fucking won't like you have to do it though you have to uncover it and it's so much scarier the approach like before you get there and then once you're there it's like okay it's just another thing in the room that we have to get through like we fucking always do Totally. My dad has a saying that I loved, which is anticipation is always worse than the realization. I think it's come, it comes from my, my grandpa said it to him, but I think that's just so, so, so true is when we think about things before we do them, we, we just make it seem like it's going to be this really terrible thing and all these skeletons in the closet. And when we actually face them and look at them, we realize that we're actually totally fine, right? Like, our brains are super primal and we cannot tell the difference between a stressful email from our boss and a tiger chasing us for our life. Right. And so we treat everything as if it's life or death. It, like chemistry, chemically speaking, when we're stressed about something, our body goes into complete survival mode. So we stop being able to think wisely with our wise mind and we go into this very primal lizard brain of survival and we look to find any place in which we are not feeling safe. And so let's say you look in the mirror, you're at a, maybe you're at a dressing room, you're in a dressing room and you try something on, it doesn't fit and you look in the mirror and you're triggered, right? Maybe you think back to something your mom said when you were younger about, um, you know, you need to lose weight or someone, some boyfriend said it to you or a commercial or whatever, right? You're triggered and all of a sudden, it feels life or death. You do not feel safe in your body. You don't feel safe in that dressing room. Your heart starts pounding. You start to sweat. Your palms get sweaty. You know, all of the things, the blood rushes out to your extremities, your digestion stops, and your, your chest gets tight. And you just feel like if you don't do something right now to control away this feeling, you're going to die, right? So I do a lot of work around nervous system control because Fat phobia and negative body image moments are going to happen, right? They, they happen to me still. They're not going anywhere. It's not mm -hmm. about eradicating those things because we live in a deeply fat phobic and deeply body image centered society. And so what you can do is to create a relationship with those things, right? I know that I'm going to have moments where I look at my body and I don't love it, or I have a compare and despair moment or something, right? Mm -hmm. And what it's about is how do you work through and digest that moment? And those, those moments take me 15, 30 seconds, maybe tops right, to digest right. now. And they don't right. really affect my day. They don't really affect my life. Um, but they're there. They're, they come and go, right? They used to, you know, feel triggered. Oh my gosh, I need to control. What diet am I going to go on? Order all the, you know, what, what juice guns am I going to go on? Here are my plans. Restrict, restrict, restrict. Binge, binge, binge. Hate myself cycle starts again on Monday, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's just about creating a healthy rela working relationship with those negative thoughts and feelings so that you can 
process them through and not have them control, right? Not have fear control your life. Have love and acceptance and understanding and compassion controlling your life. I would much rather have a life controlled by those guys, right? (laughs) And by fear and judgment and shame, which are the lowest, if you're into vibration stuff and energy stuff, because the entire world is made up of vibration energy and we attract the same level of vibration that we put out. So fear, judgment, you know, is all shame is all low, 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 low vibration. And it creates disease in the body, love, compassion, excitement, hope, joy, connection, much higher vibes, much better. I mean, highly recommend checking out the work of Joe Dispenza. If this is at all interesting to you, he is like the guru of this stuff and um, doing just a little bit of his mindset work has been so illuminating and helpful. And he really marries the science and the woo woo. So if you're someone that needs to know the science, you're a little more um, left brain about this stuff, check out Joe because he does a beautiful job of marrying the science and the woo woo so that you can relax deeper into doing the meditation, into doing the mindset work and know that it's, you know, it's sort of backed by biology and science. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah, I've, it, it's always really interesting to hear the science behind it. Um, in, um, who is it? Dan Harris's 10% happier. That was the book that I read that finally got me like into actually regularly meditating because it really like outlined like the science behind it. And I like knew there was science behind it, obviously. I like it's it's everywhere. It's published, right. it's known, but it I read that book and I was like, holy shit, like it's crazy. There's so much science behind this. <laughs> like yeah, why awesome. why would I not be doing this? That's well, why are we not all doing it? Why aren't they teaching it in hospitals? Why are they teaching it at every school in the country? Right. Breath work, um, seriously. We yeah. talked about this very briefly before we began, um, but about how when you find something and it works for you and it's pretty easy uh, and you see the benefits really clearly, um, but then you just fall off and you like stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that what that tells me is there's a should attached to it. Right. And I always tell my clients, stop shooting all over yourself, right? Like <laughs> should create tension. The idea of I should do something or I shouldn't do something. Like I should go to the gym today, right? That creates tension so that it's actually harder for you to do those things because it then takes sort of willpower versus letting it just come from your intuition. And so I never worry about working out. I just know that my body's going to tell me what it needs to do. If I, you know, I just got home. I was away for two months and I landed uh, late Tuesday night. And I, I swear to God, there's so many times in my life where I remember what my brain used to do about situations. And I like laugh at them. And I'm like, I know I used to freak out about being bloated from the plane and everything and like book all these classes. Maybe I'd go, maybe I didn't, but either way, it was such the vibration of fear that felt really uncomfortable. And this time I didn't decide anything. I just woke up the next morning. I asked my body what it felt like doing. And I gave it the absolute, you know, most freedom to say nothing, to say, do you want to just stay in bed and watch TV? Do you want to order in breakfast and bed? Like, what do you want to do after flying 12 hours? And my body wanted to go to Pilates. And I was like, cool, great. Do you want to walk there? Do you want to take a taxi? Like, how are you feeling? And that's basically my conversation with myself all the time. Um, it's super background. So it doesn't, it's not like I'm sitting there like 
sometimes it is, it depends on the situation, but usually it's pretty quick and I can just tap in and know. Um, but it was really fun to see how easily my body was like, I want to move. I want to stretch. I don't care how much of the class you complete. You can do 10%. You can do 110%, whatever, just, just go. And I think you'll feel good. And I had the best time. It was so much fun. I had enjoyed myself. Right. So that's not something that I'm worried about falling off the wagon with when, when you truly enjoy it and it's coming from a pure place of this makes, this enriches my life. This makes me happy. And I don't feel any pressure to do it. Um, wellness has become a very moral thing, right? Oh, I really shouldn't eat that. Oh, I really should go to the gym. Oh, I really should meditate. It's like, why do you even know why? Like, right. do you even know what your, what your why is? Right. right. And, and do you even connect to that? Why? Right. So there's this idea that we should all care about wellness. We should care about our mental health and physical health, but, but why do we even need to have a should on that? That's something that we can just, we, sh- we, we can tap into without that should. So whenever I find myself, you know, like this is so small, but like doing dishes, I used to never do my dishes right away and I would let them pile up and then it would be such a stressful thing. And I would be like, Oh, I really should do my dishes. And I put it off. Now it's like, I love a clean kitchen and it comes so easily to myself. I used to have this idea that like, I wasn't a clean person because when I was younger and I was in college, like I was like the messy one of my roommates. And now I'm like a very clean orderly person. I think moving into my own apartment and really like making it my own has, has really changed how I live. But I find that like now I just want to, like as soon as I'm done eating, I'm like, I really want to like clean up and make this a nice place for myself to come back into. And right. it's, it's amazing how taking off the pressure of, I, sh- I need to prove myself to someone, right? Like I need to, need to not be the messy person. I need to clean it. Like that didn't help, but coming from a place of love for myself and of what do, like, what experience do I want to have right now? makes all the difference. And so I know it's really hard to even understand what that means because for so long, most people have lived in this place of shoulds and of, you know, living by what other people think of them and all of that. So it can take a little time to even learn how to tap into your intuition around those things. But those are the kinds of things where longevity just doesn't become an issue, right? I'm never worried that I'm going to stop liking to work out. Like it feels so good. And I don't really care whether or not I do it. And that's also important, right? I don't, my, and when I say I don't care, meaning my sense of self, my love for myself, my respect for myself, my self-worth doesn't rely on whether or not I go to the gym, right? If you feel shitty about yourself for not doing something, there is a chance that you're going to, that creates tension and that's sort of a wagon to fall off of. So I don't really care if I go to the gym today or tomorrow, right? I might, I might not. And that creates the space for my intuition to come through because it feels like it's needed, right? If you're, if your mind is trying to tell you what to do all the time, you should meditate, you should meditate, you should meditate. Your intuition's like, I don't, you're not like using me and I don't feel needed here. So it's going to be repressed and it's going to kind of retreat. And so making space for your intuition is really important in terms of cultivating it and being able to hear it more loudly. So I would say, can you take the, let's say it's meditating, right? You, you fall off the meditation wagon. Can you take the pressure off yourself and just create space for the conversation, right? If you never make space to ask yourself, if you feel like going, working out or meditating, of course, you, like 
you know, life will fill that up for you. So I would say, give yourself 10 minutes in the morning to have the conversation. Do you want to put on a quick meditation this morning or not? What would make you feel better? Right? So making space for that conversation is where I feel that, um, there's more of a should on that, right? Like I can, I can, I can live with a should on, it would be good to, to make space to decide if there's something I want to do in my day that I know feels good for me. Wow. That's really great um, input on that. Cool. I think that, yeah, I think that that's like super applicable to all things. Um, and a lot of times we so think that we're giving ourselves the space. We think that we're giving ourselves the option, but then we don't actually like, you know, propose the question when it comes time right. to that space, or we don't actually make the space for it, but like actually allotting the 10 minutes in your calendar, like, do I want to meditate? Like, that's a hugely different conversation than, okay, I have to wake up 20 minutes earlier if I want to meditate, or like, that means I have to go to sleep earlier, or like, it's just in there. It's just part of the routine. Like, do I want to do this in the morning? Do I want to have, yeah. And it's not black and white, right? It's not like, I, oh my God, such a huge thing that came up in Break Up With Binging this round was women feeling like exercise was only a 45 minute or hour long intensive class, mm -hmm. right? It's like, no, <laughs> you could do a 10 minute at home workout. You could go for a walk. You could dance around to a song. You could take your kid to the playground and run around with them. Like we've really decided that wellness means a specific thing. And that is a detriment to all of us, right? So when I take off the, the black and white aspect of, of my health, um, it feels so much easier to make a decision that feels intuitive. So when I asked myself about working out the, the other morning, I was like, do you want to stay home and you can do like a, an online workout? Do you want to go to an abs, arms, butt class? Do you want to go to a, a restorative class, right? I ended up going to a restorative class at uh, seven o'clock instead of a abs, arm, what's it called? It's like, it's like abs, arm, ass class at, at 6.30, right? I woke up at 5 a.m. because of jet lag. And I was like, do you want to go in an hour and a half? Do you want to go in two hours? Do you want to go to the intensive class? Do you want to go to the restorative class? And I so seamlessly chose to do the two hour, you know, two, I had two hours to get myself settled and I, I wanted to have a leisurely walk there. And, and that was great. Right. So it doesn't need to be this intense, you know, put it in a box commitment to something. Meditation doesn't need to be 10 minutes every day or a half hour every day. It can be four minutes in the morning. It can be right. two minutes in the morning. Right. It can be 10 deep breaths in the morning. Right. So yeah taking off the shoulds also removes this idea that it's black and white. It has to be one kind of thing, right? Can it be, I take a probiotic in the morning. That's my, that's my form of self-care, right? Or I do two different stretches because my back's been hurting or, you know, so there's, there's, it's not one size fits all. And I think when we try and fit into that, that's where, again, dis-ease comes in because our body is like, you're not listening to me. It's, it's the same as having an abusive relationship with someone and telling them what they need to do, how they need to work out, what they need to look like, what they need to wear, how they need to, right? Like it's, it's the exact same thing as being in a relationship with someone else is how you treat yourself. And so would you treat another person the way you treat yourself? Would you speak to them the way you treat yourself? Like you would, right? You would say to your partner, what do you feel like doing this morning? You wouldn't say you are going to the 7 a.m. burn, burn off your calorie, like 60 minutes intensive spin class. 
Right? You wouldn't you, say you that. You enjoyed to dinner last night, so now yeah. you must suffer. No yeah. more eating for 12 hours because you need to lose weight before you feel acceptable to me. Right? right. Like, can you yeah. imagine how yeah. someone else would feel if you said that to them? And yet we have no problem talking shit to ourselves all day long and expect we're going to love ourselves at the end of the day. Yeah. It's like, no wonder that we don't trust our own brain, you know, when it tells us to do anything because, or when it tells us we are going to do something like, no wonder we're fucking angry at ourselves all the time. Exactly. Like it, everything is Rebelling. just like, in, yeah, like anger, shame, fear, judgment, you know, it's frustration, stress. It's really sad. So, so I am so grateful for you for doing this work. We didn't talk about several things that I wanted to. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised by that, <laughs> but we'll have to have you back another time. Um, this was a lot of fun and really honestly, like, thank you so much for doing the work that you do because Aww. it is, there's just such a great need for it. And it's so apparent to me, uh, you know, how strongly you feel about it and like how healed and transformed you are, you know, and just even like that you always admit when you are having a weird moment and, you know, it, it lasts more than 30 seconds, even though most of the time, like they come and go, you know, sometimes you still go into those places and, and that is so appreciated. And I think that's really like what I, you know, always want to share the most with people is because even when you do get the hang of it like oh wow if I live in fear and judgment like I'm unhappy but I can live with love and acceptance and compassion and 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 feel a better more fulfilled life but you still have those moments and I think it's really scary for people to do the work and so to just have somebody like I said before you know that is like leading the charge on this like and to be really open and vulnerable with it um I so appreciate it. Really my pleasure. It's really my pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, where can we find you? Yeah, super easy to find me. It's just my full name, nataliezices.com, or you can head over to Instagram and follow me there. As was mentioned, I'm always I'm always talking about real stuff on at Natalie's Ices. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz Without a Pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story, and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.